0: It's just so hard to teach ourselves to slow down. There are days where slowing down feels painful, but it's so good once you make it happen.
1: You're listening to Mom After Hours, a podcast where we talk about the wins and challenges of being a modern mom. For real, we don't sugarcoat and we cover everything that is taboo. And don't you worry, mama, we save the soup for you. It's Brandi Wyattrack, host of Mom After Hours. Thank you for hanging out with me today. I have Christina Dunbar on the show today. She used to be a sick, stressed-out mom. She actually developed a stress-induced illness because she was attempting to do all the things. She had a highly stressful job, and we'll learn a little bit more about that. But she had to slow down completely and redesign her life to improve her mental and physical health. Today, she is the host of the Intentional 10 podcast, blog, and journal, where she shares life-changing habits with others, focusing on mindfulness, gratitude, and intentional living. Today, she will share with us what inspired her to change her lifestyle and finally slow down. She shares her top essentials for intentional living and even how to strengthen our relationships with our partners. Let's dig in, mamas. So, Christina, how did your motherhood adventure begin and how has it evolved since then?
0: Great question, because it has evolved tremendously. Some of the, the words that come to mind when I think about the beginning of becoming a mom are kind of sad. Um, I was overwhelmed. I was, I think, a little bit disappointed that it wasn't the, like, snuggles and my heart is full Feelings that people always post, like the day that their baby's born, like Jackson has arrived, our hearts are full. And ugh, that was not our experience. It was just stressful and chaotic. And I didn't even feel like I could leave the house um, because breastfeeding was such a nightmare with my first. And so the beginning of motherhood was just nothing that I expected. And all of the little joys of it were just few and far in between. So that was hard. And then over time, as our first got older, you know, you like start to see the light a little bit. Mm -hmm. And right around the time that my oldest turned one, we found out that we were pregnant again. And at that point, we were like, okay, we're cool with it. Um, Because now it's no longer as... (laughs) Awful and stressful and I <laughs> feel like miserable. you got it down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, like by one, you're like, okay, like I'm I know what it's like to be a mom now. Um, and then when we went in for our first ultrasound, we found out it was twins.
1: Holy shit. And then
0: That's, it's scary. We found out, yeah. So <laughs> that was like its whole processing thing. Like, okay, we're pregnant. We we have, we have a, a one year old. Okay, you're having twins. Like, uh, okay, we sort of wrapped our heads around that. And then as we went along, we started finding out that one of them had, um, at the time we didn't know what or why, but we knew that she was going to have some medical issues. So then it was just kind of like these stressors kept coming back. We, We thought we were like seeing the light and things just got crazy all over again. When the twins were born, they were actually 19 months apart. So I had a 19 month old, I had newborn twins. One of them stayed in the NICU for a month. And so then I was doing this like horrific thing of back and forth between the hospital and the house trying, trying to breastfeed and pump. I don't, I mean like it's impossible when you are trying to... Yeah.
1: And you're especially when you're having to leave the house back and forth. And it's like in those early months, it's literally, or at least with me, I was just sitting on the couch all damn day feeding a baby, <laughs> if that's yeah. what it felt like. So to imagine me having to be presentable to leave the house, to go to the hospital and like leaving every day, I can only imagine the, that toll you
0: yeah. know, on you it was, and then taking it was, care of your
1: other children, you know?
0: So I would like pump in the car, I figured out how to like drive, you know, I would hop in the seat, buckle myself up, put the, the, the parts on and like have a car adapter. And I would use that time because I had no downtime. That was like some way to, to try to keep up with the feeding schedule. Oh my and gosh. I honestly, like that whole first six to nine months of the twins is like a total blur That's really the some of the few things that I remember. Thank God there was cameras to document a few things. Otherwise, I don't think I would remember any of it. Um, And so it was like, okay, here we go all over again. The like, I was just overwhelmed and sad all the time. The one having the health issues and the fact that like, I mean, I could barely. I was scared to be alone with my kids because having a nineteen month old and twins to all at once by yourself was terrifying Yeah, and so I didn't want people to leave the house and leave me alone and it was that was like sad like oh my god I can't be with my own kids no but that's hard
1: that's hard I mean most women feel that way just taking care of one infant and the fact that you're having to take care of two and a toddler that's that's fucking hard that's really hard it really
0: hard. was and so I I think I was just really kind of depressed in the sense that like I wasn't getting that motherhood experience that I thought I was going to have. There were no sweet snuggles on the couch. It was just constant chaos and all of the medical issues that my smallest twin had. I wasn't present for any of the first few years, really, because it was just like we were just drowning in things logistically. And then I was mentally drowning in sort of all of the sadness and anxiety and I mean, for people who already have anxiety and then you have kids, I feel like that just, well, at least for me, it's certainly just, it really made the anxiety so much worse. Um, And through all of this, when we found out we were pregnant, we moved cities and I had to quit my job in that one city. And then eventually it was like time to buy a house and find a new job. And so I started the new job and... I took it because it was the only thing available, but it was a really demanding job in management and I really wasn't the right person for it. I certainly didn't have enough time and um, I just wasn't the right person for that job. And for the first time in my life, I had always been really good at my job and I'm a nurse practitioner. I had been good at taking care of people and getting along with my team and all these things. And then all of a sudden, I just like sucked at my job. And I was drowning at home, and there was well, just you had a lot on your plate. I mean, we it's had a not ton just, on our plate.
1: Not just all those changes, but it's like raising three children, especially you know if if one has special needs or health issues. I mean, there's so many stressors all tied to those changes, and then having to take you know just taking care of those things are extremely difficult. But then you know some of us are able to go to a job where it's like a desk job or it's a little more chill. But you're going from one chaotic situation to a, into a hospital as a nurse practitioner or as a manager in an office where you've got heavy responsibilities. So you're literally not catching a break.
0: You're right. Not People break would ask all. me, well, at least when you go to work, is that, you know, a break from your chaos at home? And I really mm-hmm. felt like, no, like I am stressed at work because it wasn't going well. And I was stressed at home because it wasn't going well. And I was just m- pretty miserable for a while and. And that was just so, again, it was like just really sad to me and disappointing to me that this was motherhood. And I got really sick. Everything sort of came to a peak. And when I got sick, it was all really it all boiled down to stress and the fact that now stress was manifesting as these physical medical ailments sort of blew my mind. I don't know why it did, but it it did. It blew my mind. Like it's one thing to walk around and just be like, yeah, life's freaking crazy and I'm stressed. It's another to be physically ill and start having it show on the outside that you're sick because of all of this. And that's when I hit rock bottom and figured out like, okay, something's got to change. I got to figure out a better way for all of this. And I took a a month off of work. I took FMLA, which was really hard for me to like pull the trigger and actually do that. And, you know, just to be able to qualify for that, you know, you basically have to go to your doctor and, you know, get paperwork filled out Saying that you're having X, Y, and Z medical ailments and they're all, you know, anxiety and stress related, and you, therefore you need time off work. And that was embarrassing. And yeah. I mean, because I basically had to go to another nurse practitioner in my, you know, my practice, my, well, not my, not where I practice, but the doctor's office, you know, where I go and I had to be like nurse practitioner to nurse practitioner, like, hey, you can see that I'm dealing with X Y and Z and now I need to be out of work. It was just kind of humiliating.
1: Yeah. yeah, I feel like a lot of women would feel that way. I feel like we you know we are we think that we're supposed to be doing everything 100% all the time. We're supposed to be happy and, you know, be able to balance our family life with our work life and just be able to go with the flow with whatever things are thrown at us. But you clearly had a lot on your plate and it's I know that I mean, I too, just because, you know, where I am a perfectionist or I say a recovering perfectionist, seeing that on paper and having another person see that on paper, like, um, I, I'm thinking like, other women are doing this. Why can't I? Am I failing? Or I can't let other people mm-hmm. know that I'm, I'm having these, these issues because it makes it seem like there's something wrong with me. But the thing is, is that sometimes you've just got to be real with yourself. I'm like, yeah, I'm struggling. I need to ask for help. So you did the best thing and you asked for the help. You took that FMLA. Is that what helped you to change your lifestyle and realize that you kind of had to slow down and make some changes?
0: Yeah, that was the best thing that I could have done. And it was really the best month of my life leading up to that since I'd had kids. Now, granted, you know, I was basically still sending the kids to daycare and then staying home and like, recovering. And so like any mom would kill for a quote unquote break like that. But that really was my time to like get my shit together and figure out what parts of my life were bringing me down and come up with a plan to move forward and know what steps I needed to take to make things better. We obviously as moms can't stop feeding the kids. You can't stop helping them with their homework. You can't stop paying the bills. So there's a number of things that are stressors in our lives that we can't turn off. So that was my time to figure out, okay, what are the biggest stressors and how do I tackle those and reduce them or streamline them or get focused going forward. So it was an entire month that I was out of work, but that was really the eye opening, you know, the the light coming out of the clouds, like this is this is what I need. Now, it took me an entire year from there to make all the changes that we needed to start actually realizing some of these things. But the biggest thing I started doing at that point was journaling each day. 10 minutes each day. And that time for me not only helped me figure out my anxieties and just thought, certain thoughts that I was having about, you know, whether it was the kids, my relationship with my husband, things at work, just like whatever. That was my time to get it all out. It was my time to get my plans organized, just in little tidbits. So I started that habit That's obviously what carried me into my podcast and into where I am today. But with that, with figuring out myself in those 10 minutes each day, then I started coming up like, okay, I need to get out of this job. It's not working for me. It's, it's keeping me from being there for my kids the way they need me. It's keeping me from getting to all the doctor's appointments and therapy appointments that we we needed for the little one. Um, So I need to tackle that. But first to tackle that, we got to tackle the finances because we can't Mm -hmm. afford for me to be part-time. So, and then there weren't any part-time jobs around either. So like it took a lot of things to figure out over time. And eventually we got to a point where I was part-time at work. I was doing the journaling each day. I was doing yoga, doing meditation, which are kind of like cheesy and cliche. But for me, it really worked to have something that like slowed my brain and allowed me to reset. Yeah, And little by little, I started coming out from the darkness and starting to see some of the joys in motherhood and not only see the chaos and not only see The bottles and the diapers and the potty training and the, like, shitty parts of it. Yeah. No pun intended. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of those shitty moments. There's a lot of good moments, too, but a lot of shitty moments.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, but, like, I had basically spent the first couple of years kind of highlighting all the crappy parts of motherhood and feeling so burdened by it. And finally, it was a long, arduous process, but finally I started being able to be present and acknowledging some of the little moments. And earlier today, I had one of those and it really opened my eyes, especially knowing we were getting ready to talk, like in terms of where I've come that we were just first we went for a long walk today I pulled the kids in the wagon with the dog and went on the the gravel trails in the neighborhood which was really hard but it was like a great workout we got back we'd been gone for like an hour and we sat in the floor and we did a little bit of math homework and we played with crayons and did some like kid jewelry bead things that's and I and I actually enjoyed it because once upon a time that would have been Kind of boring,
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome, so, though. That you're you're at that moment. And hey, you did. You still are a mom. You multitask, so you got to have your kid time. They got to be outdoors in nature, so that's like medicine. And then you got your workout. And then you guys have that, you know, endorphin high from being outside and getting, you know, that little workout. And then you come inside, and then you're feeling energized to get the homework done and stuff. I feel like when you look at things from that positive point of view, you start to realize the good and how good you have it, even if it's not perfect, even if it, it could be better, you realize you have a lot of good things going on. And sometimes, and that's why, like, you know, you mentioned the journaling and the yoga and, and we'll get into some more of that. Um, but those things, yes, it might sound cliche, but they work. And when you make the time to focus on the things that you're appreciative of and just take the time to just be, those things, you start realizing like the good things that are happening. You kind of start changing that mindset. Your mind is going to respond to what you feed it. So if you only feed it negative and like, mom, life sucks. This sucks. It's all shit. It's all diapers. It's all kids needing me. I have to cook every fucking time. I got to get (laughs) blowjobs. I got to do every fucking thing. Is there anything that I don't have to do? But then it's like if you think in that way all the time, then that's you're just gonna have that that distorted point of view. But if you focus on a little bit more positive, you can actually tell you know change in your brain like how you view it, and it it
0: does make a difference, yeah, and a big part of the journaling habit that I've developed over time is that I have to write three gratitudes each time because of exactly what you're saying. Like you have to, some days my journaling is like, I'm freaking stressed. This sucks. Like I don't, we had a fight yesterday and I don't know why. Like sometimes it's not always like positive stuff, but at the end there's that forced way of being like, okay, yes, all that other crap just happened, but try to find a little something You know, some days like what I write, I'm grateful for are like wine, coffee, (laughs) but still it's, it's that to your point, it's feeding the positive um, voice in your head.
1: Yeah. And I, and I like how you mentioned, so it doesn't always have to be positive. Like I like that you wrote down, you know, like this sucks or whatever, this is a rough day, but being able to look back in your journal and seeing like, okay, look, there's ebbs and flows or. You know, it's, I'm going to have good days. I'm going to have bad days. But if I don't weigh on those bad days and just take it as it is, I had a bad day. Tomorrow's a new day. Let's make it better. I feel like that's just things that I think all of us could work on myself included. I'm not I'm not an expert. I have my good days and my bad days, um, but I try to always even it out and I always try to look at the other side when I'm having a really fucked up day. I'm like, okay, well, what what what's good that happened today? And I'll try mm-hmm. to remind myself like, okay, this was shitty, but at least I was able to get all these other things done. Oh, look at how happy Violet was that I spent an hour of time with her on the floor playing dollies with her or doing this thing, even though the whole time, In my mind, I'm thinking like, oh my God, I need to get this done. I got to send out this email. Oh my gosh, I have to call this person back. I got to create this thing. But Violet, but I was still, you know, I was talking with her. I was playing with her and she was so happy and she loved it. And I feel like if you kind of just in the ugliness and in the difficult moments, you could still find those little rays of light. I know that sounds really cheesy, but
0: it's hard to talk about these things without Coming across cheesy. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I try really <laughs> hard, but <laughs> sometimes, sometimes true. the frou fruity comments come out, and it's like I, yeah. I don't have a better way of describing this. <laughs> Me either I
1: always feel like sometimes when I'm re-listening, and I will re-listen to some podcasts because obviously I'm doing it, and then I have to listen to it during recording. And sometimes I'm just bored. I'm like, oh, I'll listen to this episode again because I really enjoyed talking with this person. And I'm like, gosh, sometimes I sound like a total tree hugger, like hippy dippy and this and that. And I'm like, whatever, I kind of am. So I'm like, why am I so concerned about that label? But yeah, yeah. And I think it's funny because when people think about yoga and they talk about, we talk about intentional living and mindfulness, they just think of like, I don't know, like the Dalai Lama and it's all very like Eastern medicine hippie dippies and they wear Birkenstocks and no underwear and they don't shape. It's like, no, we can we can still just, you know, go about our regular lives but, and still care about all these other things.
0: Although COVID um, has taught me to understand why those people enjoy wearing no underwear and Birkenstocks all the time and not shaving because like it's just easier right now. It, it
1: is. what they got to do to survive. I'm like, look, a lot of them are living in little fucking boxes with like rock beds with not one freaking necessity. They got like one little pillow or sometimes they don't even get a pillow. They get a book. Like you're, they're literally living the pure essentials, the basics. <laughs>
0: So you don't have yeah. to wear a thong and ha- and be uncomfortable <laughs> all day. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I
1: know. So Christina, can you, so we talked a little bit about journaling. I know you do yoga. Can you share some other essentials for intentional living and like what kind of helped you move on from being that sick, stressed out mom to kind of being more mindful and at peace?
0: So I've eventually figured out what works really well for me. I do like to sort of make a disclaimer when I talk to other people about this that it's just that it's what works for me. And when I, you know, make content on my blog and on social media, those are the things that I'm doing that that I like that I share with others in case they like it too. But part of intentional living is figuring that out for yourself and figuring out what Truly makes you happy, figuring out what your values and priorities are, and then aligning your life and your actions to make those things happen. For me, the meditation and my yoga practice have been huge. That is one I really actually probably have been doing longer in my life. I really used yoga before as like a workout. Um, never really saw the spiritual or the mental side of it as a teenager or even in my 20s. But I finally like got comfortable with like the quiet and the slow of yoga and meditation. And for me, that's been a huge way to, it's, you know, it's like basically restarting your phone or, you know, if your computer gets jammed, you just restart it and it works better. Like the same thing for me is just like slowing down the mind, slowing down the body because I'm such a type A person. I'm always go, go, going and I have to train myself to start slowing down a little bit. The other piece that's been really big is just, and again, self-care is also like sort of a cliche term these days, but it's just finding ways to take care of yourself and finding out what that means. So for us, we did a full food revamp. We've cut out a lot of processed foods. We are mostly vegan, not fully vegan. um, And try to hydrate, try to exercise, try to find time for reading and sipping coffee because those are the things that make me happy. So I try to make more time for those things. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's just like you know, thinking about all the regular things that we maintain in our homes. You schedule, you know, HVAC maintenance, you schedule car maintenance, but we rarely schedule personal maintenance. Or when we do, something else comes up and we let it go. God knows how many times I've, like, said, oh, I'm going to work out, and then I just got busy and it didn't happen. And then subsequently I end up having, like, a really terrible day. Mm -hmm. So... Making time for that has been one of the biggest things that I could have done. And then really the, the heart of it is the journaling. I love the habit that my husband and I have. We get up like 99% of the time we get up early, set the alarm, roll out of bed. We have the coffee pot set the night before And he journals with me now. Oh, that's awesome. Which he. That's such a a cool routine to do together. It's really nice. And honestly, it's been huge for us as a couple. But like, I'll tell you a year or two ago, like he would, he'd have been like, heck to the no, I'm not journaling. Um,
1: And is he a morning person too? I mean, the fact that you guys, see the fact to me, it's like multiple things. The fact that you guys are making time for each other in the morning, you just woke up, you're having the coffee together and you're journaling. That's huge. I
0: think that's so cool. My husband won't do that.
1: He doesn't drink coffee. He's a morning person, uh, but he would definitely not do journaling. (laughs) He hates writing. But
0: I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I mean, Nick said the same thing once upon a time. So, you know, crazier things can happen. Um, True. but he, he eventually got hooked on it himself because I, so he claims that I interviewed him on my podcast and got him to talk about his experience. Cause so many people have said to me, like, wait, your husband does it too? Like how or why? So, um, so I interviewed him and he said that apparently I don't even remember this, but I was doing like a one month challenge thing where it was like journaling each day a long time ago. And I asked him to do it with me and he I guess, did it to probably shut me up <laughs> and mm-hmm. he, because it became like this thing that we did together and we had those 10 minutes in the morning before the kids got up, um, that it was, that it was really nice. He didn't care so much about getting the thoughts out on paper. He was mostly like jotting down career goals and, and a couple of gratitudes in here, that, here and there, but he enjoyed that time And then eventually, we also started doing like a journal swap. And so now, at the end of each day, we we swap our journals and we read what the other person's wrote. And it's a good way to like see inside the other person's head with no judgment. Luckily for me today, it was very kind of him. I ended up being all three of his gratitudes for different things, and it's sort of cheesy. And sometimes I feel like I'm like are you kissing up to me? I know. You're like, you just want
1: to get some, don't you? That's why my name is on here three times. Three
0: times. Come on now. (laughs) But you know, for the times that we don't get to say thank you enough to our significant others for all the things that we're busting our asses over, it is nice to once in a blue moon, I probably won't show up on this gratitude list for a while now, but, um, but you know, it is nice to sort of see that acknowledgement because we often forget to say those things. So those, that's had a, a lot of like little, you know, minute daily impact on us, but overall has been huge because that's, that's been a big way for us to communicate. And then it, that's also like where we figure out what is important to us. So if he really wants to, you know, get our financial stuff in line, then like I read that by reading his journal or I I'll write Like, Hey, I didn't get to do my yoga yesterday because I didn't get a break from the kids, and now I I'm cranky as shit. Like, okay, he'll try maybe a little harder to make time for me to to get a break or whatever. So I love that, and I love that's that you're a good way to figure it, down it
1: out. On, yeah, I love that you're putting it down on paper because I feel like it's easier to put it down because it's your journal, it's your thoughts, and it's technically for you, even though you're allowing your spouse to read it. So putting it down on paper is a lot easier than I feel Mm -hmm. like than telling my husband, like just being a bitch and then saying, well, it's because I didn't get a workout and I need that to, you know, feel good Mm -hmm. about myself and, you know, be able to handle these kids or whatever. Like we feel like when we're saying it in the moment, it sounds so like, oh gosh, wine, wine, wine. Like it sounds so like just not that big of a deal. But mm-hmm. then, it, I mean, it really is a big It's deal. so true. And it yeah. matters to us. So the fact that you can write it down, I feel like you get a little less judgment because you're like, well, this is how I really feel. And you're not bringing it up because you don't want them to feel like, oh, gosh. But at least yeah. they're seeing like, oh, okay. So these type of things frustrate her when she can't work out or she doesn't get that little bit of me time, then that's going to impact how she responds to me or the children or just to things in general. So I feel like your journaling thing, I mean we hear about journaling a lot, but I love the way that you're using it. Like I think that that is such a good way to not just live intentionally, but connect with your partner too.
0: Yeah, it's been a really good thing for us. I mean, as I mentioned, he did not want to do it initially. He sort of jumped on board once he started seeing the benefits, then he continued on. And we didn't start to share thing in the beginning either. I think honestly there were days where I think we would each like sort of like sneak a peek at the other persons and and then we'd be like, oh, so, you know, you're you're really feeling X, Y, and Z way about something. And then it then eventually it became just like, hey, we should just swap every day. And I mean, sometimes the stuff that I write is like, Nick freaking pissed me off yesterday because he didn't do X, Y, or Z. And um, so I'm like totally honest. And it definitely works. But so, okay, so that's what like works for us. But, you know, for other people, maybe it's like, hey, if my house isn't 100% tidy, I'm going to lose it. And so that 10 minutes of like sitting there and journaling that out, like maybe that makes you realize like, okay, I've got a Marie Kondo this shit now. Um, whatever it is, like that's that time to sort of figure out what intentional living is for you specifically. Is it your career or is it your commute that stresses you out? Is it your, I don't know, your relationship with your father? I don't know. Just like that's your time to figure out what's going on in your life. And then subsequently to like come up with some ways to, to tackle it. I love that. And you are giving
1: people so many tips on how to tackle it and how to just live intentionally and practice mindfulness on your podcast. So you have your intentional 10 podcast. I think it's awesome to listen to. I mean, at any time of the day, but I like listening to it while I'm driving because not only do you have like kind of just like a chill voice, but I love how you do the breathing exercises. And I like that they're all like digestible, like quick episodes because you know how a lot of moms, you know, they'll listen to half the episode and you got to come back to it because you're doing all the things normally when you're yeah. listening to podcasts. So I love that you have all those tips and that you're kind of helping mamas and just women to just stay centered and stay in the moment. And I think that it really is good when you spend those 10 minutes and you're thinking and you're meditating or you're doing, you know, whatever to really, to see what is bothering you. Because I feel like when you bring it to the forefront of your mind, then it helps you to maybe, to not just think through it, but to maybe help you not make that mistake. Like say, like you were saying something like, I'm going to lose my shit if I didn't, if I have a messy house. Well, then maybe you'll realize, okay, like you said, okay, I'll clean instead so that I don't get frustrated or I'm not Mm going to get frustrated because I know that, if, if, if I have a messy house, I'm going to get pissed off. So just pick up a few things and then I'll feel better. So I like that your concept of, you know, slowing down and making that time to just be and just to focus on things because right now our minds are so constantly busy with just everything that we've got to do. And then you're sitting at a computer, you're sitting at a phone and you're just bombarded and you're, brain, never, you and your brain, everything, every part of your body doesn't have a chance to just be still. We don't get that anymore. And that's why we're getting sick. And that's why we're getting all these health issues. That's why we're so angry and stressed and anxiety ridden and all of that.
0: And some of it too is uh, the fact that we're uncomfortable being still. We're uncomfortable with silence that we're so used to being on the go that just a few minutes of quiet time feels like oh my god i need my phone oh my god i need like or even you know like often in the beginning i'd be like okay well i'm going to sit here and relax but like i'll use my phone to put on some spotify and then I would somehow get like dragged into an email while I was on my phone or whatever. Like even that, it, it's just so hard to mm-hmm. teach ourselves to slow down. Like there are days where slowing down feels painful, but it's so good once you make it happen. But that's also why I I do the 10 minute thing because the, these things are not well digested if you do them in massive like don't sit down and meditate for 30 minutes <laughs> you know don't try to listen to some long-witted podcast about self-help stuff like you got to take it in small uh segments
1: no i i, I agree i agree Especially i think your as a main mom. yeah for sure for sure i like your message though that slowing down doesn't equate to laziness like we have to get over that notion of busyness and always having to do something, always having to multitask. And I'll say I'm the queen of multitasking, but when mm-hmm. I multitask, I drop balls. Yeah. I don't do things a hundred percent on all of those tasks. You can't. And my husband's called me out on it. He's like, like, cause you know, he'll be talking to me. I'm responding to an email, making something for Violet at the same time, making her food. Da, da, da. And he's like, babe, I'm like, you know, half listening, doing all these different things. And he's like, just lo- look at me. And I'm like, I can't, I, like, I can't. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm like a robot and like I need more grease in my arms to move. I'm like, I can't do it. I'm literally stuck and I've got to do all these things. I cannot just stop and do one thing. I've got to just do all of this stuff at once. And it's, if I feel I actually need to practice your advice of just, okay, I just need to sit still and not look at my phone and not do all these things. I'm not being lazy by not multitasking during my relaxed time.
0: Yeah. Like I feel like downtime, because the to-do list never goes away, you know, there's always something hanging over your head that you need to do. So when you do get quote unquote downtime, it's like, all right, start time to start pulling from the to-do list. But we... We really do need to try to use that time. And, and sometimes it means like picking and choosing. You either want to pull off the perfect spread of food and tablescape, or you want, you know, to actually spend the time engaging in the, in the party and remembering talking to everyone and stuff like that. Like you're probably not going to pull off both. So either you're the perfect host or you actually like enjoy the party and pick which one is the ultimate priority and then stick to it. And it's the same with, you know, doing stuff throughout the day. Like how much does it matter to you to, to get the house, you know, the laundry done and the groceries done and the meals prepped and all that stuff. How much does that matter to you over getting time to enjoy the bedtime routine with your kids or whatever, like picking and choosing the things that are important to you. And if it's actually like, Hey, there's this meeting that. I have to be 100% on for tonight and it means sacrificing the bedtime routine so that I can actually do something important for my career and focus on that for tonight, then like that's okay. And tonight I've made this decision to, you know, sacrifice one for the other. But you do have to sort of pick and choose where, again, where the intention is, where the, the values, the priorities are because Lord knows we all try to do so much at once, myself included. I'm still not not perfect by any means. That's why I still do this every day is to to practice and work on it. We try to do so much at one time that, gosh, <laughs> I've like definitely agreed to things for my kids. I don't know if you've done this before because I was like multitasking and doing a bunch of things at once. And they're like, Hey mom, can I, I don't know, can I have another piece of candy? And I'm like, "Sure." Yeah. And then afterwards, I'm like, wait, what did I say?
1: I know. I've done the same thing where I've asked, like, where I'll even forget that I had said it. And like, my husband will be like, babe, you just said that she could do this. Or you you just told me this. And I'm like, I did? Like, I literally am just like rattling it off like, like robot mode, but I'm not like really digesting what I said. And I'm like, I didn't say that. He goes, yes, you did. And I'm like, what? And then like my, my son will be like, yes, you did. And I'm like, I did. I'm like, I don't even, I just, he's like, well, yeah, it's because you're, you're on your phone doing an email or you're doing this. And I'm like, They're totally really
0: appreciate your son impersonation voice. I'm
1: I'm an expert at voices. That's
0: exactly what a change voice sounds like.
1: (laughs) It's like, yeah, you did. But, um, So during this pandemic, I think that it's really caused a lot of us to just reevaluate our lives and what's important, what's worth spending our time with and our money on and just everything. Mm -hmm. Are there any things that you've kind of learned about yourself? What things have you enjoyed?
0: I enjoy the opportunity to do less or, I mean, you know, just the fact that like my husband's working from home, the fact that we have that extra hour in the morning and hour in the evening together as a family, and it's mostly because that means he helps in the morning and in the evenings. Um, You know, that stuff is huge in terms of not trying to take the whole world on your shoulders. So those kinds of things have been nice. It's certainly highlighted for me a lot of my anxieties and how much they weigh in on just my relationships at work and with my family and everything. And the journaling has helped me to really, I guess, get a better sense of it. It's certainly helped me to remember that some things like just don't freaking matter. You know, the, the kids mm. having the matching outfits and the monogrammed things and the perfect bows in their hair. I mean, my girl's hair, you know, we're d- certainly not in matching twin clothes and they usually just wear their hair down or in a ponytail and that's about it. And like we just, you know, those little nitty gritty things that I feel like so many, especially when we were going to daycare, it was like, you know, you had to, like, had to show up looking cute and all that stuff. I'm like, that stuff doesn't Doesn't freaking matter. Things that you're finally like, oh, come on, world. That stuff's just not important. You're
1: right. I think that you know the pandemic and just all that, all that stuff is has actually helped us to kind of slow down. Totally. Really reevaluate life. Where can our listeners learn more about intentional living, your podcast, and other resources to kind of get them going on their journey? To living with sure. more gratitude and intention.
0: First of all, I recommend that you find a platform that that really speaks to you, because you definitely don't want to be, I guess, trying to take a slightly new path or get some guidance from someone who's like preaching at you and telling you that what you're doing is wrong. You have to do something different. So, you know, find a platform that that somebody who is you know offering meditation or journaling or whatever and that clicks with you and and speaks to you and and if that's me and you're interested about what we're talking about today then I obviously have the podcast the intentional 10 podcast and it's 10 minute episodes so if you don't have a ton of time because who really does even in the pandemic it seems um, you know you can just hit hit play on your phone and you've got the 10 minutes to just you know, keep you focused, keep you feeling a little bit mindful. The breath work that I do on it is five counts. So it's like super simple. It's enough to make people take a deep breath, but also not enough to make people feel like they're on a meditation cushion and being super like hippie or whatever. Um, I've got the Intentional 10 blog where I talk about things and share tips and ideas and, and feature other people and the things that they're doing. Um, And I've got a a starter journal that I offer for people. So if you want to start journaling, but maybe you're not, you know, you don't want to necessarily invest in some big fancy journal online and, um, or a book and, you know, if you don't want to buy a big book or something like that, you can um, start with mine. I've got a PDF that you can get on my website. It's just intentional10.com slash Journal, and that'll come to you in your email. And then I'm getting ready to host. Uh, this will be my first month-long challenge that I'll be doing in January. Mm. Um, so for the whole month of January in 2021, I'm going to be hosting this Intentional Living Challenge. It's one month of journaling, mindfulness, and more. So you'll get daily emails. Uh, there'll be a short, little, under 10 minute podcast in your daily email, just for people who join the challenge. You'll have many challenges with health and wellness tips and a big prize at the end for um, one of the top uh, point winners of the, of the challenge. So that's going to be really fun to do together as a community. And um, for anybody who's listening, who wants to join us, I have made a promo code for you guys for mom after hours. If you use the code MAH. You can get ten oh, yeah. percent off registration. Awesome! And that's I also will on leave my website that in
1: the show notes too. That is so cool. Thank you for that.
0: I think it's going to be a, an exciting way to sort of have a new mindset as we have a new year.
1: I'll be right there with you. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Christina. I well, thanks. It's is.
0: been fun chatting today and enjoying this this protected time of hours together.
1: Thank you for listening to Mom After Hours. If you would like to learn more about Christina Dunbar or if you would like to register for her January Intentional Living Challenge, don't forget your 10% off promo code MAH and you can get all that info and more at momafterhours.com forward slash episodes. And if you want to hang out with me a little more, follow me at Mom After Hours on Instagram. Until next time.